on, let's pray. Father, thank you for this wonderful opportunity we have. We thank you for the atmosphere that's been set. It's so good to worship you. And out of worship, Lord, we thank you that, that you now desire to speak to us. You now desire to minister to, to the real us, to the core of what we're going through. We believe, Father God, there's all kind of good words that we could receive, but when it's a word from the Lord and the timing is right, and it's the right time in the right place with the right people, whether here in the room or watching us home online today, we believe, Father God, that, that you can do a great work in a very short amount of time because we know that, that everything changes in the presence of God. A word from God in due season, Lord, is a, is a, is a life-changing event. So, Father, all of us are partners today in the room, watching us online. We're partnering together. We're believing God together. We're making a demand on God's plan and God's will. We're not going to sit there. We're going to be receivers today, receivers of your truth and of your goodness. And all of God's people said, amen. Amen. A big amen. God bless you. Today is part three of Dream Again. Uh, Welcome today. So glad you're with us and so glad that you are uh, in the house or watching us at home. With with the, so many challenges and difficulties of 2020, many good people have become discouraged. And because of that, they've let go of their dreams. Many people have done their best to believe God. And, and, and But so many, because of life and circumstances, have become stuck. There's nothing worse than feeling stuck in life. There's nothing worse than feeling like you're not making progress. And for many of you, 2020 was one of those years where you didn't feel like you made much progress. And, and so because of that, you know, you, you, you believed, you had a goal, you went after your dream, you went after that desire, but it came up empty. And, and you have nothing to show for it. See, without a dream, we wander aimlessly through life, and we actually threaten the fulfillment of a God, our God-given purpose. And so we have to understand, too many times we allow our negative feelings and, and our, our, our um, overwhelming uh, feelings, that, and, and, and not feelings only, but our perspective of life and God and ourself, and we allow that to limit us, knowing that we have amazing potential to dream great dreams. So right here in the beginning of the year, as I've told you, I, I want to come alongside to help you as your pastor and to help you make sure, those of you that have let go of your dreams, to encourage you and to remind you, it's time to pick your dreams back up again. Amen. Amen. In part one, we talked about hope. We talked about hope. And we talked about when life becomes hopeless to you, what or who do you turn to? But we asked another question this last week in part number two where we talked about trust. We said, when are you a believer who believes in a God you no longer trust? I thought, wow, how profound. And I I thank you for all the amazing responses from those two big takeaways in our last two parts. And I would encourage you, if you haven't caught up yet, to get online at intlfamilychurch.com and go to the media section. All the messages are archived. Catch up with us because I believe they're going to be a tremendous blessing to you. Today, I want to talk about perseverance. Perseverance. No, not NASA's rover who just landed on Mars. Um, That's named rover, right? No, this is the perseverance, the character quality that refuses to be denied. Amen. Here's our big takeaway for today. Here's what we're going to unpack. Here's the one main thing I want you to go home with today. Every dream goes through tough times. Can I hear an amen? Amen. 
But always remember, those who persevere and refuse to give up will enjoy the fruit of their dreams. Every dream goes through tough times. Let's get started by being making sure we're all on the same page today. Let's define the word perseverance. Perseverance is the continued tenacity. I love that. The continued tenacity, the continued determination, the continued resolve, the continued bulldog steadfastness to do or achieve something despite difficulties, failures, or opposition. That's so good. The continued tenacity. Today's message, we're going to talk about a man who exemplifies this definition. His name is Joseph. Joseph was the 11th son of a man named Jacob, the grandson of Abraham. So we had Abraham. Abraham had, a, Abraham had a son named Isaac. Isaac had a son named Jacob. And Jacob had 11 sons. The part of the story we're going to read today, uh, well, he had 11 sons, but the 12th son, Benjamin, would be born later on. But right now, making Joseph the baby of the family. Joseph... Uh, Jacob loved Joseph and showed him way too much preferential treatment. If you've not read the story of Joseph lately or ever have read the story of Joseph, you're not familiar with this story, I would highly encourage you to take the time to read the story because this is an amazing story. By no means in one message can I go through the details of this man's life. I'm going to give you highlights today and major on a few points that I believe will really encourage you today to help you persevere during your difficult times. We know that Jacob made uh, Joseph a, a coat of many colors and gave it to Joseph, and it angered his already alienated brothers. And so we have some massive sibling rivalry going on. Could you imagine 11 boys, the competitive testosterone that was going on in Jacob's house? My goodness. Can imagine how crazy it was and how competitive it was. Then Joseph has this dream that we're going to look at in a few minutes. The critical part of Joseph's life is when he knew God spoke to him, his life took some unexpected detours that lasted at least 24 years. This message is dedicated to every person whose life hasn't gone quite as you have planned. Maybe your life has not gone as, as you planned it or how you thought God was going to plan your life. This message is for all those who, who are looking at their life, expecting something different, and it looks totally in a whole nother realm than you thought it would look like up till now. You saw something in your heart, you still see something in your heart. But as you look on the horizon of your life, you realize, where is what I see on the inside? Where is what God spoke to me? Where is that picture that he painted on the inside? Maybe part, maybe none, and you wonder what in the world is going on. Well, this message is dedicated to you because of the level of frustration, disappointment, and possibly just your readiness to quit and give up you've had enough. See, all of us have had those days, haven't we? All of us have had those seasons that have lasted way too long where you feel like giving up and maybe you're in one of those seasons right now. So let's get into uh, this very important message today. Uh, see, at some point in our lives, we've all wondered, 
can I get through this particular difficult season? You might even think, well, do I even care anymore? At one time, you felt like, yeah, I'm going to press through this. And then all these challenges came your way and delays came your way and unexpected twists and turns came your way. And you, you pressed to the best of your ability. But I've talked to so many that now they don't even care. It's like they've almost lost the image that they had on the inside of them. Here's Joseph's life. We find it and pick it up in Genesis 37. We'll start at verse 5. It says, Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. Think about this as I point out the fact that, again, these 10 brothers already hated Joseph. They didn't need nothing else to hate him more. And lo and behold, there was the coat of many colors, and now he has this crazy dream. His dream took them over the edge. They were already jealous because their dad uh, had a different relationship with Joseph than with the others. But this was the straw that broke the camel's back. So we go on to say, he said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain and out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose up and stood upright while your sheaf gathered around mine and bowed down to it. What do you think they're going to feel like, right? It's like, hey, isn't that a great dream? And it, and it wasn't like these brothers were going to jump up and down and say, man, that's the, the best dream we've ever heard in a long time. I don't think so. No, it took them over the edge, causing them to what? To want to conspire to get rid of their brother, the dreamer. One day, the brothers were out working in the field, if you know the story, and Joseph is sent by his father to check on his brothers, and here he comes from the distance with that coat of many colors, and, and man, they're just so um, uh, upset and already despise him, and here he comes, and they see him afar off, and the story continues in verse 19. Here comes the dreamer, they said to each other. Come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him, then we'll see what comes of his dreams. Wow. Joseph had a legitimate dream from God. Now begins the test of his life for more than 24 years. Each one of us who possess a dream uh, in our hearts, we need Joseph to speak into our lives today. And I want Joseph to speak to you today. As if Joseph was standing up here on, his, on this stage telling us his story. And I want you to hear like Joseph for himself firsthand is telling you the challenges and the situations that he was going through. And if Joseph could stand before us, he would say to you, I know what you're going through. Hold on. Don't give up. I want to give you four things that this hero of faith would tell us if he could speak to us today. Number one, don't give up on your dreams. Number one, even if you don't start off well. Even if you don't start off well. Most of our stories didn't start so well. Some of us are plagued by our resumes, our past. You are, def you are defining your potential not only by what you see in front of you, but what you see in the rearview mirror. So many of us are traveling through life 
driving, trying our best to drive forward and stay straight without bumping into things and crashing and burning. And while we're looking in our rearview mirror, you've heard me say so many times is the reason why the, the, the windshield is so much bigger than the little rearview mirror. Because there's so much more ahead of you than there is behind you. But oftentimes we get so stuck in our past and because of our resume. And thank God we have a, a God who forgives us from our sins, past, present, futures. And, and thank God remembers them no more. And he didn't just forgive you. He remembers it no more. They are gone forever. However, the Bible says that we have an accuser, right, called the devil, who 24-7 does a great job at, at whispering in your ear, you know, you know who you are, right? Come on, you, you know what you've done. And he's always trying to get you stuck in the past, always trying to get you stuck in what had happened. Or someone in your family or a member or a friend or an old person you used to hang out with is there to remind you of who you once were. We really know you. And so many of us quit because we feel so messed up and the guilt and the shame you know, overwhelms us. And, and why is the devil so unrelenting in his accusation? Because he wants to derail you. He wants to get you off track. He wants to distract you from God's plan and purpose for your life. Man, if anybody didn't start out very good, it was the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul had a terrible resume, right? And I'm talking about a man who ordered the execution of Christians and enjoyed it as he stood by and watched. The Apostle Paul was a bona fide terrorist and God appears to him and knocks him off his high horse and says, what are you doing? Don't you realize you're actually persecuting me? Long story short, he gets converted and God uses him mightily and he writes two-thirds of the New Testament and he became a great leader, church planter, planting churches all around his known world. And the Bible is full of people who has horrible resumes. And could it be that God is trying to communicate something to us? That regardless of your yesterdays, you can still do great things for God. It's time for you and me to stop listening to the lies of the devil. You do understand that anytime the devil opens up his mouth and says a word, it's a lie. There's no truth in him. He's the father of lies. He can never tell you the truth. Oftentimes when you know that loud voice in your head, the difference between your head and your heart, man, you can, you can trust and be assured that that voice is just a lying voice trying to undermine you and hassle you time and time again. Paul battled his past and he declared in Philippians, this one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind me, right? Forgetting what my past was like and pressing toward that mark, that prize of the high calling. And you know what? We have to learn over and over again, remind ourselves it's the healthiest Christians who know how to forget. If you don't know how to forget your past and forget those old things and forget that shame and forget that guilt and forget the, the things that the person we once were, we'll never be healthy and we'll never be able to dream God's dream in the way he wants us to dream that dream. Are you here today? He said about himself regarding his past resume, he said this, he said, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me trustworthy, anointing me to his service, even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man. 
I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly. How many can say, man, I received that in Jesus' name. It was good enough for Paul. It's good enough for you. It was good enough for the, his crazy past. It's good enough to wipe out your crazy past. Amen. And so we got to know that if you're going to really have perseverance, man, you got to make up your mind that, that your, your life has been changed and maybe didn't start off well, but that is not the end of your life. You can't, you can't determine and you can't um, look and, and perceive your future and determine your future based on a past that's been wiped clean and is under the blood of Jesus. Amen. Praise God for that. Now, what else does this hero of faith tell us today? What is Joseph cheering us on about? Don't give up on your dreams, number two, even if those closest to you don't support you. Even those closest to you don't support you. You have to understand something, and I forgot to say this earlier in my message, but I, it, feel, it came up again, so I want to make sure I say it to you. You know, Joseph made a big mistake telling his haters his dream. You never tell your haters your dream. In fact, I'll say it this way. As I, the way I say it is, I will never again share my dreams with non-dreamers. Don't ever do it. It's a, it's, a, it's a work of futility. It's only a work that's another source of, a, of attack, another source of doubt, another source to question God's plan. Man, you, you can tell a, a dreamer. You know, I, I can spot fellow dreamers. There's something about their heart. There's something about how they carry themselves. There's something about how they talk. There's something about their walk. There's something about, you know, their, their expectation. You can hear it even when they're discouraged. They, they always rise back up and those are the people you share your dreams with because they're going to cheer you on. They're going to say, I get it. You don't even need to know that person. You don't even know their name or know anything about them. Suddenly you have this bond, don't you? You know what I mean, dreamers. When you meet other dreamers and you share that dream, something changes in your life. Obviously, Joseph didn't walk in a whole lot of wisdom, and we want to make sure that we learn from Joseph's life and make sure we don't share our dreams with haters Right? Those wet blankets. Those people that are professional, you know, making sure you can't get out of your box because I'm in there too. Come on, somebody. Even if those closest to you don't support you. See, lack of support and rejection from those closest to you is a huge reason why so many of our dreams get derailed. It really is. Rejection scars our heart and, and more profoundly um, it, it, it hurts us in such a deep manner that it affects our esteem and our self-worth and our confidence and rejection from parents and siblings and friends and others closest to us can weaken our resolve and weaken our motivation to keep on going after our dreams. Rejection is exhausting and can be debilitating. Jesus felt that rejection from his own siblings. He's preaching one day and ministering, and, and his brother and sister showed up, and, and they say kind of like, we're sorry, you know, he doesn't really mean what he's saying, that he's the Messiah. You know, he's kind of out of his mind, right? Kind of out of his mind. Anybody ever said that to you about your dream? Like, what? You're going to do what? You're going to go where? You're going to help who? You're going to, what? 
Well, nobody in our family's ever done that. Nobody that we know has ever gone there. No one that we know has ever graduated from there. No one that we ever know had that kind of money, right? And so that rejection, Jesus felt it. And I, I could say so much more about what they said about him and those from his own hometown, but the rejection was real. And that's what Joseph experienced as well. Massive rejection. He was not only hated by his brothers, but there's a whole other thing when your brothers sell you into human trafficking as a slave. Hmm. Joseph is also telling us, don't give up on your dreams. Number three, even if your journey is full of surprises. Even when your journey is full of surprises. Part of my job is to help you navigate through this Christian life. And I want you to know a little secret today, when you get a dream or an assignment from God, it's never going to go from point A to point B in a straight circle. It's never going to fly, as they say, as the bird flies, as the crow flies, right? Uh, never in a straight line. It zigzags, it goes in circles, it, it gets stuck, it takes wrong turns, right? It happens on a regular basis. Anybody that's ever had a dream and ever stood any length of time understands this. And Joseph would tell us not to give up, even though it seems like the dream might get farther and farther away and looked a little bit similar, and now it doesn't look like anything that I once thought at all. So let's briefly review the 12 major events in Joseph's life. He was mistood by family, sold into slavery to Potiphar, living in a strange country far from home, given favor in Potiphar's house, falsely accused by Potiphar's wife, thrown into prison, put in charge of the prisoners, for, forgotten by the chief cupbearer, remained in prison two more years, interpreted Pharaoh's dream, became second in command in Egypt his dream is fulfilled. Twelve events. Now we could go through those events and, and probably pick out even more than twelve. These were twelve highlights. Let's go back and review these events, if you will. And you tell me, did Joseph, what he felt at the time, did he feel like giving up or did he feel like going on? Did he feel like giving up or did he feel like going on? So number one, misunderstood by family. What would you say? Giving up, that's right. So next one, sold into slavery to Potiphar, giving up. Living in a strange country far from home, giving up. Given favor in Potiphar's house. Good one, right? Going on. Next one, falsely accused by Potiphar's wife. You know, she's the wife of the most powerful man in that world. When she wants what she wants, she wants what she wants. She wanted him. And it was a matter of honor for him that he fled her sexual advances. And while he fled, she, had, she grabbed his coat and then did what? Lied on him and, and, and cried rape. Nextly, thrown into prison. Given up. Put in charge of the prisoners. Well, that's good, but he's still in prison, so I could go either way, but I'm saying given up. Right? All right, next one. Forgotten by the chief cupbearer. Given up. Uh, remained in prison two more years after that. So we don't even know how many years he was in, in jail, in prison. Some say five, some say more, uh, two more years. Then interpreted Pharaoh's dream. Yep, looking up, became second in command to Egypt. Looking up, his dream was fulfilled. Wow, looking up, right, going on. 
What's my point in doing that? The simple point is this, that just like in Joseph's life, you're going to probably have twice as many giving up times as you will going on times. And you've got to understand that. This is not unusual. This is not unusual. There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with your dream. There's nothing wrong. It's usually going to be many more opportunities to give up than there will be to say, you know what? This is so exciting. This is so good. And in the middle, like Joseph, some good things started happening. And then it went, it went south very quickly. And it took time. And we understand something, that that's the nature of perseverance. That's the point. That's the nature of perseverance. That's the nature of Joseph's story. That's the nature of everything that's going on in his life. And the question is, what are you going to do when you have more give-up moments then you have going on moments. Because those intersections come on a regular basis and, and those give up moments are real and man, they're extremely difficult and man, they hurt and they're so discouraging and they become truly defining moments in our lives. And Vern and I have been there and, and, and we've passed through those opportunities and, and we're so glad that we didn't give up. We're so glad in 44 years of marriage and ministry that we persevered. We could have very easily given up. We could have very easily had opportunities. And we're grateful to God uh, for all the, the people and the love and the prayers that kept us going and, and our decision to, to move forward. And, and I'm here to encourage you. I, I'm just like you. Don't give up. Press forward. Don't stop believing. Don't let go of your dream. And plus, I think it helps that I, I'm, I'm Italian and I have a little testadura. Anybody know what a testadura is? A hard head. And maybe you're like me. You have a hard head. You don't know how to refuse to give up a capatosta, as they say in Italian, right? And you have to understand something. That's, that's, that's part of what God puts inside of you. He gives you the personality and the nature to say, man, I am just too stubborn to give up. Man, that's got me in trouble hundreds of times, but now that it's redeemed, right? Now that God's using it, there's a plus to it, and I'm not letting go of God's plan. Come on, somebody. Amen. The fourth thing that Joseph tells us, don't give up on your dreams, even if it takes a long, say long, say long, little sing song. Come on, say long time to realize it. Amen. Joseph was 17 when he was sold into slavery. He was 30 when he, made, he was made an overseer. He was 39 when his brothers first came to Egypt, second year of the famine. And he was probably around 41 years old or so when his brothers came back a second time with his father, Jacob. And he was 110 when he died. It's amazing how God used Joseph. Joseph interpreted the king's dream, seven years of, of, of abundance and seven lean years. And, and Joseph devised a scheme, a plan to have all these storage facilities, to store up all the food during the abundant harvests, and then have the food available when the famine came, and he would sell that, and they would make massive profits for all the nations that did not prepare for the famine. That's brilliant. That's the Spirit of God. Here's what I'm reminded of when I think about the length of, of Joseph's challenges. I think of Habakkuk 2, 3 in the Living Bible. It says, these things I planned won't happen right away. 
I know you didn't come to church to hear that today, but bear with me. Slowly, steadily, surely the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, do not despair, for those things will surely come to pass. Just be patient. They will not be overdue a single day. Now, you know God is seldom early. It's good news he's never late. Ha <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Be patient, you say? You say, I don't want to be patient, right? It's way too hard. Well, let me tell you something. God is more interested in developing your character than your comfort. Amen. We all want comfort. We want to dream a big dream, and it happens a week from now, right? We want to be millionaires, you know, like snap your finger, or maybe a month. Okay, we'll do it a month. Right? We want all those things, but we have to understand something. He loves us too much to give you just what you want. He knows what you really need is a deeper character and personal responsibility. Mm. Wow. So Joseph, before he goes back to the great cloud of witnesses cheering us on, what would his parting words of encouragement be to us today? I believe it would be two things. And these are the two things I can tell you Verna and I have worked extremely hard on. The first parting word I believe he would tell us is number one, he would say, focus on what's happening in you, not to you. Focus on what's happening in you, not to you. Joseph wants to save you a lot of grief and mileage in your life, and so do I. See, here's a spiritual principle that has the, truly the power to change your life if you'll learn it. How can you tell when you're focusing on something that's happening to you versus something that's happening in you. You can tell by your prayers and complaints. When you are constantly undermining yourself by only focusing on what's happening to you, you say things like, God, make this go away. God, this isn't fair. What did I do to deserve this? When you focus on what's happening to you, you ask the wrong questions. You always start your questions with why. Why me? I don't want to step on anybody's toes today. But we've all been there, including me. Why, why, why? I hear you. Why, pastor? Why? Why did this happen to me? When you are focusing on what's happening in you, you ask what, not why. What, God, what do you want me to learn from this season? What do you want me to learn through this difficult time? What? I know you love me too much to hurt me, and you're too wise to make a mistake with my life. Last week's message, right? I know that. You love me too much to hurt me, and you're too wise to make a mistake with my life. So I don't say why. I, we stopped saying why years ago and realized it was the wrong question. We must say what. Oh, God, show me, please. What do I need to learn? I don't want to keep going around the mulberry bush. I don't want to keep going through the same trial over and over again with a little bit different twists and turns. I don't want to be a, a continual drama queen and drama king. I don't want to continually be always in, in the... In the dumps and somebody's got to pull me out and back in the dumps I go. I'm tired of all that. And somebody needs to be really tired of that and quit asking why and grow up and ask what. James 1, consider it pure joy. Well, that's different. My brothers and sisters, when you face great victories... Well, that's when you should be joyful, right, Pastor? 
Well, James says a little bit different language here. He says, consider it pure joy when, my brothers and sisters, when you fall in and you face diverse trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Could it be that you're an eternal child because you refuse to persevere? Could it be you've not grown up in years because you refuse to persevere? Could it be that you are this infant child of God, this perpetual infancy? Amen, right? You, you're, you're, you're older in age, but younger in maturity because you keep quitting. Every time it gets hard, you leave church and you go through a season. And in a couple months, we'll see you back here again. Grown-ups don't do that. I don't, trying to be mean. I'm trying to help. You know me. You know that I'm just trying to give you a, an understanding, a clarity today. There's too much at stake. Some of you have not learned the lesson of perseverance, and you've been repeating first grade for seven years. It's time to grow up. Perseverance is a key to say, a key to show you, man, you are growing up because you just refuse to quit and may, it might be small steps you are making, but nonetheless, steps it is. Amen. I need to stop. I'm having too much time. Good time here. Number two, the second thing I believe Joseph would tell us in closing would be, your response to offense will determine your future. Your response to offense will determine your future. Joseph has a chance to get back at his brothers. Finally, all these years. From 17 now around 41, he has a chance of a lifetime to get back at his brothers. There's a great famine in the land, and because Joseph was a wise planner, Egypt has food for the surrounding nations who did not have food. And so his brothers came to buy food for his family. What a setup. Joseph knows who they are, but they don't know who he is. He's 24 years older. He's full of an Egyptian guard, complete with makeup, so they have no clue who he is. They don't know this is their brother. They slow sold to slavery and told dad he died. With one command, he could wipe out his slave trading brothers. But he didn't do it. Here's why so many get derailed by hurts and disappointments and offenses caused by others. It's just not worth it. Joseph is telling us to travel light through life. Resentment will destroy every part of your dream. Finally, Joseph exposes himself and lets him know who he is. You can imagine the shock. You can imagine where they were and the, and the pressure and the fear that gripped them. And the first thing they say out of their mouths to their brother is, don't kill us. Verse 19, but Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. I, am I in the place of God? You intended harm to harm me, but God intended for good to, for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Wow. What is being done, the saving of many lives. Hear it, the saving 
of many lives. Do you understand that the reason why you persevere for your dream is not just for you? It's not just for you. Don't be selfish about your dream. In fact, if it's a God dream, the end result is for others. Whether you're a businessman or a woman, a teacher, whoever you are, minister, uh, 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 entrepreneur, you have to understand something. This dream is bigger than you. That's why God doesn't want you to, to let it go. This dream that God gave Vern and I, it was not just for us. But we knew there was thousands of people attached to our assignment from around the world. I mean, we understand that. you got to understand, you have so many people attached to your dreams. Thousands and thousands and nations were attached to Joseph's dream. And thank God he didn't let it go. And only did he feed other nations. Now he's feeding his own family. Wow. What a huge statement of freedom that is. Listen to what God's word says over you today. Don't be afraid. I've redeemed you. I've called your name. You're mine. When you're in over your head, I'll be there with you. When you're in the rough waters, you will not go down. When you're between a rock and a hard place, it won't be a dead end. Another verse of scripture says this to us today. Hebrews 13, 5, it says, For God has said, I will never leave. I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. So you can say with confidence, The Lord is my helper. So I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? What a message today. I'm telling you, I believe there are good people in the house today. Good people in your houses today that need to let some resentment go. To let some bitterness go. Who is it that really you need to forgive today? Who needs to hear those words? Who in your life needs to hear? Will you please forgive me? Will you help me help us to move on, to be all that God wants us to be because that resentment is destroying your dream or at least is greatly limiting the fullness of what your dream could be. I just believe today in the name of Jesus, I've been praying for you for days that we just destroy the stronghold of discouragement and depression and anxiety and fear and we break that stronghold, that give up stronghold. As soon as times get tough, you whine and start complaining. And all you've done is given all the hell world, all the ammunition they need because they knew a little bit of pressure. And you go whining with your tail between your legs. It's time now to stand up today. There's a stand-up anointing in this room today. There's a stand-up anointing online today. There's a persevering, that tenacity, that bulldog tenacity that says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the child of God that God made me to be. I'm going to be who God made me to be. I am not a quitter. I am not a loser. I am not a whiner. I am not a drama queen. Well, maybe you are, but maybe you're not going to be as much as you once were. I, I am not a drama king. Well, maybe you really are. But man, at this season of your life, you're going to say, you know what? That, that's getting old. It's getting real old. And I believe the Spirit of God desires to help you today. I want you to repeat this after me. Say it with me. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. 
I'm not going to quit. I'm going to run my race with perseverance. I'm going to see my dreams fulfilled. Now stand it with me. We're going to say it again. Stand to your feet. Say, I'm going to make it. Well, some of you aren't saying it loud enough. I know you got a mask on, but I, I, I need you to like say it like I mean it today. Say it like the presence of God is here today. Say it like the anointing of the Holy Ghost is in the room today. Say it like God's plan and God's purpose for you is to dream again and stand back up and be the man and woman of God and the young adult God called you to be. Come on, stand up in your living room. I dare you. Stand up on your bed if you have to, in your pajamas, whatever you have to do. Stand up today and let's be bold about what the Spirit of God is trying to do in our hearts right now. Say it loud and clear. I'm going to make it. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to run my race with perseverance. And I will see my dreams fulfilled. Now, will you praise God like I mean it today? Hallelujah! Hallelujah!